Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brad Caldwell. I'm a brand strategist, multiple-time CEO. I own Spark Business Strategies. That's a branding and marketing agency in North Carolina. We live right down here on the coast in Wilmington. 
Whether you're listening live on Clubhouse or you've caught the Breakfast with Champions podcast that is available for you wherever you download podcasts from, I want to thank you for tuning in right now. If you're new to me or the segment, we've been at war with mediocrity in our business lives for months. We've talked to you about your work, your worries, your opportunities in your life, where I'm really trying to convince you to see that the mediocrity that you're settling for often costs you successes, celebrations, and revenue. I do try to leave plenty of time for your thoughts and questions. So think through those as we go, jot them down or shoot me a private message, or we will chat live time permitting here in just a few moments before I begin. See, because today I'm going to try to do like what I've always done and, and talk business. That's the, that's the plan today. But before I begin, another shout out to all of you who have reached out to me about Parker. Again, if you are new, either to me or to this particular show, or you just haven't been on in a couple of weeks. Uh, my oldest son, I recently learned he has type 1 diabetes. It has been frightening and jarring and forced some very quick adjustments in our home uh, where there is a mom and a dad and three boys. Uh, and again, uh, you, the people of Breakfast of Champions, have continued to show up. So one more time, thank you. You are terrific encouragers. I'm trying to get through all the messages. Um, just imagine, if you will, you're used to, I don't know, two or three DMs a day. And over the last 14, 15 days, I know I had a thousand uh, face between Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I had a thousand messages. That doesn't include people who actually have my phone number and sent texts. And that doesn't include uh, my, any of my email addresses um, or any messages sent to either of my companies for people who were trying to get a hold of me but didn't know how. If you know the name of either of my companies, my email address is Brad at those companies. It's really, really complex. Very simple. Just kidding. But so I've gone from like a two a day to like, a, can I answer a hundred messages today and keep trying to catch up? So I'm very behind and I'm very sorry. But I want you to know that I have read every single message. If it was particularly poignant or addressed to my son, I read it to him. If it was addressed to my wife, Grace, I read it to her, to the lovely, lovely person who I do not know, who said they are the little brother of someone who found out they had type 1 diabetes and they wanted to send a message to my middle son uh, because they know that he's transitioning and nothing's changed about him. And so as he's going through all these life transitions of dietary restrictions, it was a really cool message to Elliot. And it was the most sincere seven-year-old thank you I've ever heard in my life. So you guys have been wonderful. Um, if you don't hear from me, I promise I read you. It's just hundreds of messages. I see you and I appreciate you. All of that said, life has normalized a little bit. One of my best friends is diabetic and has been a wealth of information for us. He lives like four or five minutes from our house. Our companies work together almost daily, and now we're business partners too in the apparel company, Don't Tell My Mom. Um, you can check that out at don'ttellmom.com. Here is a warning. Those shirts are not clean. Um, it is an inappropriate apparel company uh, at don'ttellmom.com. And all of the proceeds right now are going to our friend Diana, who is fighting cancer. So you can check that out. But my friend, his name's Nate. So Nate, if you hear this, I don't know that you listen to my show. I should ask you that. But if you hear this, 
Uh, he asked he asks terrific business questions on the regular. And recently, we got lost in hours of branding discussion, conversations about branding business and how businesses are branded. He's kind of in the marketing world, kind of on the executable end. I'm very much on the branding and strategy end. I usually carry people to his work. And he got me uh, the other day. He has a brand deck, if you're familiar with what that is. He's got all the colors and fonts and logos and lingo. He has everything. Like, it's it's pretty. He's got a cool aesthetic. People recognize the logo of his company. And he was holding it in front of me, and he simply asked, well, now what? And see, I get that question all the time. All the time. But I get that question generally because right after I finished presenting branding guidelines to a company, either that's rebranding, uh, clarifying their brand, or we're developing a brand new company like we did just this last week, you finish the branding guidelines. And if they have no questions, the business owner, the business leader, the entrepreneur is immediately like, okay, now what? And that's fine. That's permissible. You're excited. You're ready to go. And, and I get that question, but the reason I get that question comfortably is because we ask questions beforehand. When he said, now what? I immediately got that sinking feeling that I get from so many of you who have invested so much time and energy in developing what you think is your brand, but no one's ever asked you any questions. Uh, oh, oh no, you got branding from somewhere. What questions did they ask? What research did they do? His answer, none. They asked me what colors I liked and what our name was. And if those were the two qualifying questions from which your brand has been developed, either in your own head or from someone who called himself a professional friend, you didn't get a brand made, you got a logo made. It's rough. Before Spark ever unveils branding to a business, at the scale we're at right now, it's just me. Well, that's not true. It's just me explaining the before and the after. The stuff in the middle is team. Some of the stuff on the end is team, depending on what you do next steps after we develop the brand for you. But, but right there at the beginning, it's me and you. And it's always me asking a quick series of questions. In reference to your brand, personal branding, business branding, doesn't matter. Who are you? What is this company? Who is currently telling people who you are? Hear that question again, because we gloss over that one. Who's currently telling people who you are? How do you know if they're correct? Who holds your brand? Because what I'm driving at is I'm trying to get you to think about the number of people you've told that you do what you do, thinking it would generate leads or clients or revenue. But when you've given them that information, they took it and they told someone else. And we've all played the telephone game. We all know that analogy. And so you, in an effort to simplify it or to expedite it, to, you call it more efficient. I'd call it incomplete. You give them a really, really small definition of who you are. 
We're an engineering company. Uh, we do software design. We're a marketing agency. I'm a coach. I'm a wellness advocate. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I'm a realtor. And then we let people walk away. And when they walk away, they are now equipped with all the knowledge we've given them about our brand. And we gave it to them in four words, two sentences. And unchecked, unrehearsed, and unknowing, they are going to walk somewhere we aren't with incomplete knowledge about who we are. And they're going to tell somebody. I like Brad, he's, he's, uh, he's in marketing. Oh, what kind of marketing? Uh, you know, it's probably like what everybody else does. He's, he does like social media. I am not a social media, social media marketer. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There are two kinds of social media marketers. There's the people who do the same thing for everybody and it's a trap and it's a bit of a scam. You're going to pay a whole lot of money to get stuff that looks like everybody else's stuff or they're the hardest working people in marketing because building content, oh, it's exhausting. But those questions, the who are you, the what is this company, the who is currently telling people who you are and how do you know if they're correct, the who holds your brand questions, that freezes every board, stops every investor, confuses every CEO, often upsets every founder that I have ever met. If I am the first one to ask you that, but you think your brand is finished, you suddenly feel really uncomfortable about your brand. And once the thaw of reality kind of sets in a little bit, I try to taper the dramatic down for a more measured approach. I lay out six items that every brand needs. And it can ask and answer these previous questions. These items prove that I've heard you, that we've studied your industry, that we know your unique value within your field. We've done the work and we are ready to reveal it. But we are not giving you your aesthetics. We're not calling it branding because we threw up a logo. We're not even calling it branding because we named your company. We're calling it branding because we've thought of the answers to these six questions. And we have either come back to you with more questions to force you forward, or we have found the answers to these questions within your industry within the ethos of what you do. So let's evaluate our companies today. Let's look at our careers, because this isn't just questions for those of us who lead the company. Some of us work in the company. Some of us are working towards our goals from within someone else's business. And there's something that unsettles us. There's a pebble in the shoe, and it might well be the answer to one of these six questions. These six items that you need for every brand. So as we evaluate 2022's first quarter, we're gonna ask about our business brand and our professional personal brands. We start with why. 
It's the first question. But I'm probably going to upset a couple people. If you know me, you know I'm good with it. I don't care. It's become so cliche to tell people to know their why. And have you ever stopped to listen to what people say? Most answers are complete throwaway garbage. What's your why? I just love my wife and children. What does that have to do with being in construction? That's got nothing to do with your company. I'm in financing because you love your wife? Because you, you love your husband? You went into finance in college before you met your spouse because you loved your spouse? No, friend. Those are simple reactionary statements that don't actually mean anything. My why for being a brand strategist is not Grace, Parker, Elliot, or Benjamin. They aren't in branding. So connecting them, the most important people in my life, to my professional choices is loose at best. When I am thinking of how to navigate the language between a chiropractor and his patients, a roofing company and their clients, a software development company and their potential clients at the trade show they're going to be at in three weeks. I'm not thinking about my marriage. That's not my professional why. When I ask you why, I want to know why your logo is green, but I want you to know I'm going to roll my eyes internally if all you can tell me is that it's your favorite color. I'm going to roll my eyes internally if everyone, every business in your town is green. In Seattle, it's gray with a little bit of yellow. In Wilmington, it's two shades of blue, always. Check your region. The reason you like that color so much, you're so drawn to it, is because everybody's using it where you're at. Don't do that. I want to know why your logo looks the way your logo looks, and I want to hear a passion in it. Why did you hire that one person? Or why are you hiring for that one position? I want to know what your favorite part of your job is. I want to know how you get through your least favorite part of your job. Because for the entrepreneur, for the CEO, for the founder, for the executive, for the director, for the board member, whoever it is that you are, whatever it is that you're doing, if you have the clout and the stroke to ask branding questions, then you're in charge of something. And if you're in charge of something, there's something you're doing in your job you don't like. Why do you do it? There's a million reasons why the answer could be anything. And most of those are completely acceptable. Some of them are even good. Sometimes our answers to why questions reveal insecurities and inadequacies within us. I know when my team asks me why questions, which they have the full authority to do any day of the week, my answer sometimes reveals that I'm micromanaging and they trapped me with the question. They did it on purpose because they're geniuses, they're brilliant. They trapped me with a why question so that I would hear me say an answer that made me sound like a bad boss. And I had to readjust, had to readjust. But I'm gonna be 
even more candid with your why. It's okay if the whole world thinks your why sucks. If you're on here and you're like, Brad, I've been wading through your heartfelt, sincere comments about your son for weeks, waiting for you to get back to business. Because my why is money. I'm trying to make that coin. I want you to know that's a perfectly acceptable why. I wouldn't write a book about it. <laughs> Maybe not develop a greeting card company from it. But it's okay to chase a dollar. Full disclosure, I think it's exhausting. But it's okay. But if you're a coach, you're in management, you're a new entrepreneur and your why is money, you run out of gas a lot, don't you? You get tired. So the better question would be what burns in your soul? What lights your fire? I love, I mean love, when a business hears somebody, when a business owner, when an entrepreneur, when someone who has passionately worked on their craft, hears someone on my team say something about their brand that they've never ever heard before, but it's exactly who they are. That is my favorite part of any day whenever it happens. In my profession, it doesn't get better than being the catalyst for someone else's aha moment. And in my world, it's when I say your brand back to you in a way you've never heard it before, but it resonates. It's the best guy. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. If you're, if you play a sport, where a stick hits a ball, there's a sweet spot in golf, in baseball, in softball, there's a sweet, in tennis, there's a sweet spot. I don't know if it exists in cricket, never tried that before. Looks like a game I'd get real hurt in. But in all the other ones that I've tried, if there's a stick, if you swing a thing to hit a thing, there's a sweet spot on the thing you're swinging. And that sweet spot never hurts. It's what will get you coming back to play that game over and over and over. And the sweet spot in brand strategy is revelation. And it is my passion. Oh my gosh. It's the best. The second favorite thing is when I can help a business realize the things that are in their way keeping them from elevating the brand or the business to the degree to which their product or service warrants. Because there's a lot of you on here who've got greatness in your building, greatness on your computer screen, greatness, but it's all in storage in a closet somewhere. You make something awesome. You do something incredible. You serve in a way that is just fundamentally necessary, but you have a really dumb business practice blocking you. And the minute I can point to it, you can recognize what it is and we can move it. That's my second favorite thing in my job. Oh my gosh. It's wonderful. It lights my fire. It drives me. It stirs me. If you have connected those things, that passion, what, what burns for you, 
to some component, any component of your work, then you feel me. But if you have not, if you're like, man, I'm a coach because I had a coach and they were bad and I wanted to be a good coach. So I got certified and now I'm a certified coach. But, but I, don't, I don't have something that burns in my soul. Then you're on this call today, burned out, maybe a little sad, and you feel like I'm calling you out. But outside of like 10 people on the live version of this call, I don't know you. I'm not calling you out. I just know a lot of folks like you. So the first question I would ask you about your business is why? To all of it. And we're going to sit there for a little while and work through all the answers. Because the next question gets even trickier. The next question is, for whom? For whom? Who are you doing this for? Maybe maybe we should speak more appropriately in, in the marketing sense. Let's see, if we want the predatory language, we'll say, who are you targeting? Or or maybe we'll say it in the in the softer, more palliative. Who's your ideal client persona? You know, like we, 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 what's your avatar? But I don't mean who's going to get the highest, who's going to get you to your highest per purchase ticket average. I'm not asking you about that. I'm asking you, man, who do you serve with what you do? Who do you serve with what you do? Because that changes everything. If you can articulate to somebody, then you can serve for somebody. When we are articulating our brands, our businesses, our crafts, our service to someone, we're either speaking with us in mind or with them in mind. There are no other options. And for so many entrepreneurs, deal with it all the time. It is not my jam. It does not light my fire to have to tell you over and over again to stop looking in the mirror, making your marketing decisions. If you have made decisions about your brand and all you can ever say is how much you like it, or it's what you thought was best, or it all came from your opinion, friend, that's not entrepreneurship. That's arrogance. That's certainly not leading. Unless you've got a twin that's identical in every way. Because all you're doing is leading yourself. As an entrepreneur, the minute you get an idea on a solution to a problem, doesn't mean you should go solve it. First question you ought to ask is why? Why am I the one to solve this problem? The second question you must ask is for whom is this a solution? 
Because if those people aren't a part of your passion, you're going to be carrying heavy boulders up steep mountains for a long time. If you love what you make, but you don't love who you make it for. Ooh. It might be time to stop making it. Because the only thing more important than why is for whom. Now, if you're like, Brad, no, 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 man, I'm in there. I'm in there. I'm in there. I know, I know who we do this for, and I love them. And I know why we do this. So I'm Brad, I want desperately to reach more of those for whom's. I want all the people, not even so much for the bottom line, although we all know it's nice. My company really thrives when we make money. Um, but I, I want more businesses. I want more people to come to me. And I'm not talking about changing the the branding packages that we offer or, or changing our value propositions or lowering our prices or raising our prices. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about how do I reach more of them? It starts with knowing exactly who they are. And yes, there can be more than one group of people. And if you know exactly who they are, now we can move to the third question. So the first question is why, and the second question is for whom, and the third question would simply be, how does it look? How does it look? You walk up to someone, you get in these clubhouse streets and you give a pitch. And when you give your pitch into the ethos of a 200 person room and you just throw it out there, and you go to say your thing, shoot your business shot, and you miss, it's because you didn't think about a soul in the room when you started typing. When you unmuted, you thought about your pitch, not your audience. Imagine the baseball game where the pitcher is on the mound so consumed with the ball and the glove and the position of his or her foot on the mound, not concerned about anything else in the game. They are the most important position on the field whenever they have the ball in their hand. And they know it, you know it, you know your stuff is the best. So you rear back and you let it fly and you weren't paying attention to the fact that you were turned in the wrong direction and you just threw a fastball into center field. For some of us, we are so enamored by the thing that we do, we're not paying attention to how it looks to who we're throwing it to. We're just so proud of the fact that we get to throw it. When you engage a client or a prospect or a hopeful lead, what are you showing them? Are you bringing them charts and graphs and ROI data? Are you bringing them passionate stories of other people's successes because of you? Are you bringing them solutions for their problems? Are you bringing them an aesthetic that you love or an aesthetic they find attractive? We can't avoid the aesthetic discussion when we talk about branding. 
And in personal branding, we have really trapped a lot of people in the influencer space with this idea that if everyone downloads your filter, you're an influencer, but your filter's free. And now you just got a bunch of people who already talk like you, who now have a filter, so they look like you. So now no one knows who you are because you're all in the same filter. And if people say my lingo, or they can say my name, or they can quote me, they can clip me and put it on Instagram, those things are fun. But homie, those things are vain. That's a vanity metric. No one has ever paid my company thousands of dollars because of a story on Instagram. No one's ever said, Brad, I saw that TikTok of you and your 79 Bronco, thought it was really, really cool. Will you brand my company? That ain't how that works. So when someone says, I saw you on social media, I heard you in Clubhouse. Like even this right now, this very moment, like in this second, I have to detach from my corporate purpose to communicate what I think is appropriate business leadership principles to an audience that I think vaguely is with me. And then we find out in a few minutes, the people who are like, oh yeah, Brad, that hit, that hit, that hit. I'm gonna get a couple messages, that hit. I'll get a couple messages, that one missed. I'll, I'll get them. I know the breakfast table is listening. I'm speaking to the breakfast table, but not because I want you to join my company as a client. Because I know for the vast majority of you, you can't afford Spark. And that's okay. Because that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because four years ago when I went out on my own and started my own, man, I was a doofus. And I wish somebody had told me some things so that I wouldn't make the mistakes I made. So anytime you hear Brad give a really rousing speech on a war on mediocrity, like where we're gonna have better branding, recognize it came from a branding fail from the branding guy. Because what I handed to the client, prospect, hopeful lead was essentially my resume. As if I'm the thing I'm trying to sell people. Here are some of my favorite colors. Here's what I think about marketing. But I never said anything about them to them. So when I ask you, how does it look? I'm asking you if you are bringing them a solution with an aesthetic that they find attractive. Your aesthetic is about your audience. If your aesthetic is all about you and what you love, then you are your own audience. That's why for whom comes before, how does it look? So why for whom, how does it look? How do you say it is the fourth question. When we're doing the branding work and the branding evaluation, whatever it is that we're doing with a client, it doesn't always end up in a branding guideline. Sometimes they don't need it. We always try to find three core values of communication for every brand. I don't mean you're going to say, hey, this is Mary Lynn and my company 
believes in these three things. Now I'm talking about intrinsic plumb line truths, core values of communication. If you're an educator, we're gonna make sure that the language that we craft for you in your messaging speaks as someone who educates, not as someone who is educated, but as someone who is educating because it's about the audience. And if one of the core fundamentals of what you do as a coach or as a speaker or whatever it is that you do is to teach, we don't want you to get up on stage and say, hey, today I'm going to teach, I'm gonna reach, maybe later I'll preach. That might be great for the specific speech you're giving, but I want you to teach. I want everyone to know they've been taught to because your language, how you say it was teaching them. If your brand is intentionally empathetic, don't walk up and call yourself an empath. Just be one. Let your speech reveal your truth, not a list. Let your speech reveal your truth, not your lists. One more time. Let your speech reveal your truths. Those are the most authentic people you've ever met. The person who you talk to and they say, I've been through some hard things and you tell them, gosh, that's crazy because every time I hear you speak, I can almost hear the weight in your voice. That person's genuine. The person who gets up and, and, and they talk about selling cars. We got a bunch of car people in here selling cars. And as they're talking about selling cars, you're like, you could have been the best elementary school teacher ever because you break it down so simply. And then that joker turns to you and says, I used to be an elementary school teacher. It happens all the time. I used to be in ministry. The number of people who will hear that sentence, send me a note, say, ah, yeah, you sound like a pastor. And I'm like, man, I have spent the last 35 minutes yelling at you. Where in the heck did you go to church? No, it was in the, it was in the, it was in the way you said it. It was in the emphasis. It was in, it was in staying in on the course. I mean, you, people will break down a speech the minute they find out you used to be in ministry. I have learned that bazillions of times. Because what you say matters. But let's get out of the practice of telling everyone what we're about with three points and a poem and instead just speak every day, every day as an educator, as an empath, as an expert with confidence with humility. Don't walk up and tell everybody you're a humble servant. Good grief. Jesus Christ literally didn't even do that. No one's ever done well calling themselves humble. Walk up and just be. Stop listing. Because here's what's fundamentally challenging for business scaling. It's super hard. I'm dealing with it for a client right now. They are at their ceiling, they're about three and a half million. And in order to go to five, they're gonna shoot right past four, won't even make sense to try to get to four. The minute they scale, they'll leap. 
they'll grow by 55, 60% without question. They know that. They know that in their industry. Their problem is they can't double their workforce because their fear is the minute they double their workforce, there's going to be a bunch of people out there who don't say it correctly. And the number one reason your employees aren't saying it correctly is because you've not taught them how to say it. How do you say it? Why? For whom? How does it look? How do you say it? How do you show it? Now, I don't mean you walk out and you're just serving glasses of water in the lobby as the CEO. I don't mean that there's a massage person in every waiting room of your establishment. I don't mean that you give everybody 80% discounts out of the goodness of your heart. I'm not calling for martyrs and self-sabotage. I'm just saying, if you know how it looks and you know how to say it, now you show it. Now you show it. The number of people who complain about Clubhouse, we've all done it, right? Oh man, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of phony baloney millionaires. A lot of people talking about their successes won't show you a bank statement. A lot of people talking about, oh, I do that too. And you push on it a little bit. And it turns out they've never done it in their life. They just wanted it on their clubhouse profile. Why have we seen so many of those? It's not because clubhouse is full of liars. It's because clubhouse is full of people who are trying to show it without ever learning how to say it. They're revealing their dream and calling it their reality. And that's just bad speech. How do you show your work? And if you notice why, for whom, how does it look? How do you say it? Here on the fifth thing is the first time I've ever given you an opportunity to sell anything. How do you show it? How do you sell what you make? How do you sell what you serve up? How do you sell who you are? It's hard. But the data must speak to them. It must. Without compromise, it must speak to them. Your favorite influencers talk to you and they do it from the medium of TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, a website, Clubhouse, Fireside, Wisdom, whatever. There's a million. But they're not talking to you. Why do you feel like they're, they're talking to you? It's because now when they're showing their work, they know how to say it. And they're saying it to you. They know how it looks. And they designed it for you. And that's why you like it so much. Because it was made for you. 
the number one challenge in businesses is whatever it is that we're making, whatever it is that we're selling, is not made for them. We made it for us. And then we got a QuickBooks account so we could see the money come in. We skipped a step. See, but now I know that as we're in the discussion of how do we deliver it to the audience, do we give that audience member the ROI? Do we give that audience member a testimonial? Do we give that audience member flashy graphics on Instagram? Does my Instagram need to look like one solid picture? The actual, actually, the answer is always no. But does my Instagram need to be aesthetically appealing? Or does it need to be like, I'm in a rush and this is how it needs to look? When I call people, how do I say, do I cold call? How do I speak? When a warm lead comes in, how do I communicate? What does my email newsletter say? They all need to speak the same even when you're speaking to someone different. Because people with different needs will talk to one another and find out you've been the solution. And whoa, that makes you look like a superhuman. So when it comes to how you show it, it's simply an equation. How it looks, plus how it sounds, multiplied by who it's aimed at equals how you show it. Final question. Can you repeat it? Can you repeat it? Got a lot of entrepreneurs in the room. And while I own a couple companies, I don't actually consider myself an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how to sell companies. I've never tried to sell a company. No one's ever called me to buy my companies. Um, if you would like to, please, dear Lord, call away, call. No, I, I dare you. But I don't know what that's like. The minute you call me, I'm going to have to call a broker because I don't know how that works. I'm not in this to get out of this. If I'm in branding for the rest of my life, I will enjoy what I do for the rest of my life. Yes, I own an apparel company. Yes, it's because me and my friends are goofy. Yes, sales are up. Sales are way up. I don't know why. I think it's because we have a good cause, but it's, it, I swear it's just four silly guys making t-shirts for our friend that has cancer. That's all we're doing. It's a lot of work, but man, it's fun. And if that goes away tomorrow, ah, fine. But I'll be doing branding forever. But for you, the person with the entrepreneurial spirit, the true entrepreneur in the room, have you developed a system of understanding why, for whom, how does it look, how do you say it, and how do you show it? Have you developed that system for yourself with such refinement that if the product changes, you could do it again? If you move from a product to a service or vice versa, you could repeat it. If someone comes to you with a problem and a blank check and says, I think you can help figure out the solution to this problem, and then you do, can you repeat the success of your brand? 
because I don't know that I always believe that practice makes perfect. I don't, I don't know that I, I always believe that, but I do believe that practice makes permanent. Practice makes permanent. That's why we tell people to practice because we want to develop habits. We want to develop skill sets. We want to burn away some of the things that are keeping us from excellence. So we practice. And then someone watches our practice. A coach comes into our life and says, I'm watching you practice. And this is what you need to do. When a coach makes an adjustment in the game, it's rarely ever for the individual. It's for the team. But in practice, they make adjustments for the individual. If you can't repeat it, it's because you're not practicing it. That's all. That's all. If you're doing these five things and you can't repeat it, you're just not making it permanent. Practice makes permanent. I hope this has been encouraging for you guys. I hope you've learned a little bit, taken some notes. I do try to get these notes up on the website. Uh, I'm obviously very behind. It's been a weird month, but I will get these notes up there. Um, if you have any questions, you can always shoot me an email. Uh, you can shoot me messages in here. I do try to catch these messages from Breakfast with Champions and leap them all in front of all the messages that I mentioned earlier in this particular talk. So don't worry about that. You won't be hundreds behind. I will look at today first, promise. That said, go ahead and unmic. And if you've got anything on your heart, anything on your mind about better branding or anything we've discussed, please fire away. Brad, it's Amelia. Go for, hey, friend, I didn't see you in here. Go for it, friend. First of all, I'm jumping up and down like a schoolgirl. I absolutely love when you drop your nuggets. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being you and being so authentic and so true and such an expert. And I literally screamed, I was on the treadmill, when you said, it's not about the why. Yes, yes. Yes, that is false information that is out there. And I just absolutely love you 100%. And uh, I'm always right behind you. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, friend. I appreciate that. If, for those of you who couldn't tell, I'm clearly not on a treadmill, not even remotely on a treadmill. Haven't, haven't seen one of those in a minute. All right. Anybody else? Brad, good morning. It's Linnell. How are you, sir? Hi, Linnell. What's up, friend? <laughs> Good to hear you this morning. Thank you so much for your nuggets. I love when you talked about the intrinsic truths and language. Uh, your language should speak as someone who educates. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you for educating us this morning. I'm going to go ahead and get myself out. It's always a pleasure. It's Linnell. I, you're, I think you're the only Linnell I know on earth. Like all of all of earth, you're the one I know. And so I hear your voice. And I'm like, that's Linnell, before you even say Linnell. Clubhouse is powerful. I appreciate your encouragement every single week. I appreciate you, friend. I want to be the only Amelia. You, oh, yeah, I think you're definitely the only Amelia. You're definitely the only Amelia Antonetti, which you have to say it together. I didn't know that, but you do. Um, in fact, when I said, oh, hey, Amelia, I think it's the first time I've ever just said your first name. Um, all right. Anybody else jumping in? We got a few minutes left before uh, the clubhouse linebacker comes in to uh, smash the rest of this day. Brad, this is Monica in the turquoise ring. Hi, Monica. 
Hi. I love that your segments are always loaded with a beautiful blend of stories and tactics, first of all. So acknowledging that. Secondly, I love question number two. Who are you serving? And I specifically appreciate how you brought a fine point to if you don't love who you're serving, you need to, um, you know, adjust that. And that was a great question for me to sit here and reflect on as you were talking this morning. Um, and I do think it's really important because I see that a lot uh, in in my, not only my clients, but just people I know, you know, you've been around the, the world for 50 odd years, you meet a lot of people and you can see the contempt that people have for their clients a lot. And that is a great uh, barometer to, to, to use as part of this process. So thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Monica. Yeah, I think um, I actually had a really uncomfortable conversation with a, a business owner who just kept complaining about their clients. Can you imagine if, if Glenn, oh my God, I said his name and he appeared. If Glenn came on and Glenn was complaining about everyone at the breakfast table, at some point it would, it would dawn on all of us very quickly, probably. It's not that he's having a bad day. It's not that he's frustrated with something that didn't work out. The minute he switches to really being dissatisfied by the audience he's intending to serve, he is now out of place. He shouldn't do this anymore. The minute we stop loving who we're doing it for, or the moment it occurs to us that we've not yet appreciated the opportunity we've been given to serve anyone with anything, ought to be a moment of deep and immediate reflection for every business leader, because it's not about me. If I have been granted a skill set, it's to give it away. So yes, Monica, I completely agree. We got a couple minutes left, friends. Today we've been talking about better branding and hey. go for it. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. It's Camille coming to you live from Toronto, Canada. I Hi, Camille. Have, Hi, I just have something very quick to say. Thank you for that complete fire that you just dropped on us this glorious Saturday morning. I am now even readjusting my pitch. And I just wanted to say that I love you for all of the knowledge that you are generously giving to us without conviction. That was absolutely phenomenal. I love you, brother. Keep dropping those gems and keep changing lives. Thank you so much. Camille, thank you, friend. I appreciate that, sis. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, Brad. Yeah. Hey, hey, I hear your name. This is Mike. This is Michael Guthrie. Uh, hey, Michael. We haven't met, but I'm one of those thousand people that have uh, reached out to you to encourage you um, with Parker. But, um, brother, I just want to uh, just encourage you in the way that, uh, just as Camille just said, um, the things that you just shared with us are so right on, but they are so, you're just, you know, in our face with it but you do it with such love. I mean, you, you just communicated exactly what you were teaching us in the fact that you're here to serve us and this is what you need to do. And if you don't wanna do it, it's fine. That's your choice. I'm just telling you that these are the things that are gonna make a difference in your business and in your life. So I really appreciate from, you know, from a gospel standpoint, if you will, the way that you spoke the truth in love and um, thank you for that. 
man, whenever anybody um, references the gospel and then says you honored it, that's pretty high praise. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that, brother, quite sincerely. Guys, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to throw in before we toss it over? Good morning, Brad. It's Tracy in the red background. Hi, Tracy. What a lovely segment this morning. Thank you so much. And I love what you said about let your speech reveal your truth. Let your speech reveal who you are. You don't have to go around saying, you know, what you are or what you do. Let your speech reveal that. Let your actions reveal that. So that was a different take. Thank you so much. I absolutely love that. And I will incorporate that. So thank you. Mm, that last part right there, Tracy. See, that that's the difference. See, what you just said about who you are and how you listen. You said, you know, Brad, that was a really good point. And you nailed the point that I, I made, which means you were listening. And that's always a huge honor. But then you said, I will incorporate that. And now I know what kind of listener you are. You all hear that? All Tracy said was this tiny little sentence. And I will incorporate that. And what that means is that we all just learned something intrinsic about Tracy. She doesn't owe me that. She gave me plenty of flowers by quoting me and telling me it was a good point. I didn't need any, that was not flowers. That was her revealing who she is. And that means she's a person of action. And it's part of the way that she listens to something. It's active. So that's cool. That's what it is, guys. That's all it is when you say something. That's what I mean. So thank you, Tracy. Really, really good. Look at you just dropping it and then doing it. Perfect. Um, we probably have time for maybe hey, one or two Brad, more if we're quick. It's uh, Dave. Can I uh, jump in on that? Hi, Dave. Go for it. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, you know, like uh, with what you were talking about as far as uh, being of service, honestly, like I was just reading through an art article in regards to like what is attraction and, um, you know, when you were talking about uh, being of service, this article was basically saying the same thing. You know, you got to figure out a way to like give to the universe or give to the world, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of silly too. like uh, just something else I'm going to bring up. So I bought like this, like magnet experiment box or whatever. And I was playing around with them and, uh, you know, I made some like Instagram reels and, you know, I'm just like really stuck, like paying close attention to like, what is positivity? And then like, what is attraction? Um, so it's just kind of like giving me a bunch of mind shifts, uh, Brad. And I uh, just want to say I appreciate it and say thank you. And my name's David, and I'm done speaking. Oh, David, thank you, brother. I, I agree with you. I think there's a huge difference between positivity and attraction. I think the way I've said it in the past is that more often than not when we speak, we're trying to impress someone rather than leave an impression on someone. And the people that we walk with the longest are the ones who leave impressions on us, not who impress us. So I, I completely agree with you, brother. Anybody else got time for one more? This is Patty. Uh, Patty and then whoever the second person I heard. Patty and then Nikita. Hey, thanks. I'll be quick. I just loved when you, what 
resonated with me is is no matter what you love what you do and it's even though it's a we thing it has to start with you right and loving what you do then work is not even in the equation of of my mindset it loving what you do it doesn't matter what it is as long as you're doing it with love um that is just to me the golden key and i love that you said you love what you do and you're gonna do it no matter what love it thank you Thank you, Patty. Nikita, you're going to wrap us up. Hi, Brad. Thank you. And greetings, everyone. All I heard since I've been listening is, and I felt like I'm on the right, right track in my business, selflessness and service, the greatest uh, customer care service strategy that one can ever use in their business. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Nikita. I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.